oh, she's almost here. She's almost here. She's like, bitch, I'm Emma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Canto Bite. Those people like probably put on their sundresses and go to Tatooine to also gamble with the huts <laughs> in like a little bit of a seedier spot. It, it's like what happens right. to Tatooine stays in Tatooine. Those are probably the intergalactic commercials. That play. I love how um, our moderators and steam Queens have to bring in like the star Wars history because the people who host the show don't know any of it. <laughs> Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk, where we serve Star Wars queerly. I am your host, your space daddy. I'm Brian, and you are about to listen to a few clips from our latest live stream. Let's kiki. I am so excited for you to hear this short episode, but a powerful episode indeed. Thank you for sharing your story um, we appreciate you. And the day that I'm recording this, post my shiny bald haircut, happiest of birthdays to you, my friend, the queen herself of pink milk. Happy birthday, my dear friend, Emma. Uh, this was a great episode. We talked about the second episode of season three of The Mandalorian, The Minds of Mandalore, where we get into a uh, Bo-Katan and whether or not she's confused, whether or not she's broken, whether or not she is questioning questioning everything. Um, but before that, we get into a really wonderful conversation about the power of language and what it means between Din and Grogu through M's very own personal experience. So again, Emma, thank you for sharing that story. It was really, really beautiful. If you are interested in hearing this whole conversation, Make sure you check out uh, our Patreon link down below where this entire live stream is posted after our stream every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you don't want to join Patreon, can't join Patreon, whatever it may or may not be, make sure you check us out live every Wednesday at 9 p.m. East for Let's Kiki. With that said, I think it's time for us to get into the episode, and I will see you as soon as it's over. Drink up! You tune in every week. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, okay, so we're off and we're off to the races. How were you excited to see Ms. Bo-Katan Kreese, who is still sitting on that chair? Literally, that was Tom's yes. that was Tom's response immediately out of his mouth this morning. Oh my god, she's still sitting on that chair. And now she has a blanket on it, like she never leaves. She just sits there and sulks on the throne that used to have power that no longer has power. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I loved 
I loved seeing her. I I was so glad with her portrayal in this episode. Like I found it really emotionally satisfying. Yeah. What is your yeah. relationship with that character? I forget. Did you watch Clone Wars back in the day? Or was it a later Not thing? Not back in okay. the day. It was a later thing. And one of the things that I loved about this episode actually is the fact that she says that like Mandalorian history and lineage is too complicated for anybody to understand because it's true. It's like, you know, even reading the Wikipedia articles, it's like really hard to tell like what people's motivations are and like why factions did the things that they did and what there seems to be like missing pieces about what exactly happened and I really sympathized. I was glad that she gave me a little shout out there. (laughs) Um, I love what Sage says here. There's a bucket of ice cream behind her in the throne. (laughs) Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Steam Queens. Let's come up with some Ben and Jerry style names for Mandalorian ice cream. I love it. Let's see what we can come up with. (laughs) I'm thinking like, um, Oh, I don't even know. I don't know. I'm not good with those things right now. I know, right? Um, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Yeah. Um, I'm curious how. Okay, so we go see Bo, and she's like, "Dude, don't go to these. Like, don't go to these things. You're not. There's no water down there. This is all dumb." And I do find it funny. Like, she's really just, like, this episode, I mean, she seemed broken last week, but she really feels broken. Like, she's really broken. Yeah, but that's what makes the stinger at the very end of the episode so meaningful, Mm -hmm. because now, because it's like, now she is another, is yet another character in this series who is taking a journey from faithlessness to faith. Yep. Yep. And from like meaninglessness and aimlessness to having purpose and meaning. A hundred percent. We have two characters. One, I feel his journey is to walk out of it and find a new faith. And her journey is to leave her faith to find something new. And I don't know what's going to happen. I find it fascinating. Um, So we ditch. um, I forget her planet's name. I forget where she lives. I know it's got a name, but I don't remember. Oh, yes. Um, Uh, So we leave her and go to Mandalore. I can't even remember the name of the moon that Death Watch is that didn't grow up on. What is that called? Like he just mentioned it today, too, and I'm completely blanking. It's like I show up on camera and forget uh, everything. Concordia. Concordia. Thank you. It was it was yeah. called Concordia. Oh, yeah. And, and Haley's got it right. It was yeah. Calavella. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, hello, Sarah. Um, yeah. Uh, so we end up, we go to Mandalore, right? And uh, yeah. R5D4 is supposed to go check out, see if we can breathe the air, because according to the armor, who's just a lying bitch all the time now, um, said it was yes. unbreathable. <laughs> Is she really lying or did she believe in the rumors to, to be determined? TBD. TBD. Because um, I don't know if I totally dislike her anymore. I did, but she might be coming back to me. I don't know. Um, you know, it's interesting because there is this tradition in storytelling of characters who are keepers of, sa- of sacred knowledge being antagon- being alternately antagonistic and 
um, what's the word, like nurturing mm-hmm. and encouraging um, according to the needs of the person that they're talking to. I mean, one of the most famous examples, obviously, is when we first meet Yoda in Empire Strikes Back when, you know, he's pretending to be a pain mm-hmm. in the ass towards Luke, right? And so, yeah, I mean, I love this idea that, um, <laughs> I love this idea that the armor is not actually really, you know, an agent of malice. Yeah but is being antagonistic towards her flock because in different situations, like that's what's needed to um, stimulate their spiritual growth. hundred percent. I, I think I might be getting there here. Is Grogu talking? Like I was not on team. I want to hear Grogu talk at the end of this season, which has been a lot of rumors that he's going to have some word by the end. You know what though? But I'm kind of feeling it now. Okay. I hope not. I don't, I don't. Uh, Okay. I don't think he is, but I do think that there is a facility of communication between him and Din because they're so familiar with each other. It reminds me a lot of how um, when Sarah lost the ability to speak when she was first diagnosed with MS. So for like people who don't know, like my wife has multiple sclerosis and she had several attacks that went untreated. We thought her aches and pains and weird physical sensations were for other reasons. And so she wasn't diagnosed until she had an attack that paralyzed her entire right side of her body and took away her ability to speak. Um, and so the, for the first like couple of weeks in the hospital, like Sarah slowly with treatment and with speech therapy was able to regain her verbal abilities. And yet You know, like I know intellectually that like during that time she couldn't talk, Mm -hmm. but um, when she was admitted to the hospital, um, even though I know for a fact it was like weeks before she actually spoke, I don't remember not understanding her or not understanding what she needed or because we were able to communicate so well just non-verbally or just like anticipating like me anticipating her needs because I knew her so well. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of makes me feel like that. I'm kind of like, Oh, like what if that's what they're doing? I know that that's an experience that's very personal to me, but my, my point is that it's evidence that you can have an experience where yep, like honest, like, like I said, like in my mind, like I don't, those memories, I don't remember it as a time when Sarah wasn't talking yep. to me. That's beautiful. You know? That's beautiful. So, I, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I, yeah. But that, I mean, to me, that's the most Star Wars thing is taking your own personal experience and putting it, injecting it in it. I think that's like, that's what, that's literally what this entire podcast is built upon is that concept. Really, at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. that's what we do. Um, and that's yeah. what I love about Star Wars. Okay. Yes. Watching Din wield the Darksaber was incredible because you could really feel the way that, like, when sources, like, like uh, secondary sources about Star Wars and the world of Star Wars, mm-hmm. like encyclopedias and stuff, when they talk about how lightsabers work mm-hmm. and what it feels like to wield one, like he was conveying that so well from the point of like from the aspect of someone who doesn't wield the force. Like when they talk about how lightsabers work, you learn that like as a force user, you're supposed to kind of like there's energy that's like cycling mm-hmm. through the 
through the, the crystal and you have to control the energy. Yep. And that's why it's like a Jedi's weapon, because that's what Jedi do is that like the force is the energy of the universe and that you sort of harness it for your own purposes yeah. as a force wielder. And so, yeah, like he was totally like wielding the dark saber, like someone who has like, you know what I mean? Like it's trying to pull him in different directions and he doesn't have the focus yep. that's required. Like it was just such a great physical portrayal that oh. like reveals this aspect of, of wielding a weapon like a lightsaber. I just yep. loved it. I love what Haley says here. Uh, Din still has that inner conflict, which I can't wait mm. to see with Will's question or statement here. Din believes in the way, but not himself. Bo is just the opposite. A hundred percent. It's so good. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. Like I want to see where we're going to go. Okay, we gotta like we gotta finish the wrap up of the episode so I can ask my bigger questions. Okay, so oh, okay. okay, so we get the dark saber. It's rad. We beat up the crab. The little head rolls off. I don't know if there's any more any other uh, Batman the animated series fans here. And when it became Batman and Robin and Doctor Freeze with the little head that comes off and it's like a little spider, it was giving me very Batman vibes. <laughs> Loved it. Um, we beat him up, blah, blah, blah. We go take our bath. Did he take a bath? Is that going to count? I don't know. We're going to ask, follow up on all this stuff here in a second. We go, uh oh, he gets yanked in by something. And mom hops in after him like a good mother that she is. And oh my God, we see a mythosaur. What in living hell? Yeah. Oh my God, we're up. Bo Katan is clearly shook. I don't even know if yeah. uh, did. I don't even know. I don't even know if Din Djarin saw it. Like, I don't know if he saw it. And you know what else? Actually, I just said the name Din Djarin. One thing that I really loved from this episode was listening, hearing Bo call him Din. We are so used to everyone calling him Mando. And it was so Mando, nice to have yes. to hear the word Din. It was so great. It made yeah. me so happy. Okay. First question for you. Because I want to talk about Bo. We'll end on Din. Um, where is Bo Katan going? Is she losing herself after all this? So we know that all of her people ditched her because she doesn't have the dark saber yet. She she doesn't believe in any of this other hokey pokey stuff, but the dark saber still believes in it. Which I like that about her character because she defines herself mm. as a warrior. So of course, if there's yeah. one thing you're going to hold on to that doesn't make any sense, it's that one piece. Like that totally yes. tracks for me. I love it for her. Um, but I'm really curious after this episode, going back to both Will and Haley's comments of Din still has that conflict because he doesn't believe in himself. Bo's the opposite. But I feel like Bo-Katan is finally really starting to question herself. If she gets that dark saber, is she going to be able to wield it the same way again? Like, I'm really curious because I feel like she is so conflicted. So where do you think... Bo-Katan's going after this. And what was she thinking think underneath she... that helmet after seeing the mythosaur? Well, I think she was shook. Like, I think that this, like I said, I think this is like a crisis of faith for her, you know, because there is, you know, I mean, as has been said, 
you know, she only believes in herself and she has this kind of really self-serving philosophy and perspective that's really just about her and what she can get out of things. And I think that she is going to find herself serving a higher power and that will be revolutionary for her and life changing. Mm. Yeah. Um, I like what Joey says here and let's start with Alan here. Alan says this great thing. She read the ancient Mando tablet, like someone visiting Disneyland for the thousandth time, seeing the mythosaur is the thing that's going to challenge her faith. A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. I I immediately. Oh yeah. No, I love what Joey says here though. Just like the kid, uh, Ragnar or something was his name, right? Got interrupted by during the creed by the giant, um, alligator turtle monster she's now getting interrupted by another big old monster this is really there's some really interesting things going on no one is allowed to finish anything right now like it's all getting interrupted it's true it's true um what i was gonna say is like um oh no i've i've lost my thought i found it interesting how non-aggressive the mythosaur was mm-hmm. i mean it's almost like he took din out of curiosity mm-hmm. rather than hostility or aggression uh, or well, or maybe he just felt like he was trying to facilitate din bathing in the living waters you know something's going maybe on maybe it was just curious maybe it was curiosity or maybe maybe in some ways it was the mythosaur choosing din or marking him in some way and I'm back. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure you tune in to episode 257, where Tom and I are going to break down this very same episode again from a casual fan's perspective and get into that amazing, amazing, amazing episode of The Bad Batch. I am so excited to talk about this. Y'all don't even know. Check that out two days from whenever you're listening to this, or if you're listening to this later. The next episode, 257. Wow, 257 episodes of me talking about Star Wars. Bonkers. Bonkers, bonkers, bonkers. You know, before we take off, I have to make sure I say thank you to our sponsor, Manscaped, where, um, thank you. You've been sponsoring us for a hot minute now. We appreciate it. I'm feeling well-groomed. If you are interested in feeling well-groomed, like me with a bald head, brought to you by Manscaped, I have been using... The uh, beard trimmer, my hedge trimmer, for this very haircut. Though, if you're just listening to the podcast version of this, Manscaped probably would thank you. But anyways, you know, I trimmed up my mustache, I shaved my head, getting ready for the Tatooine summers here in Phoenix. I'm very excited. So Manscaped, thank you. If you're interested in keeping yourself well-trimmed, well-groomed, and look better than I do, head on over to Manscaped.com. Use our code PINKBALLS, that's right, PINKBALLS, for 20% off your order and free shipping here in the U.S. Uh, we left this episode with a question. What do you think's coming next for Chapter 19? Episode 3 of Season 3 in The Mandalorian. We've only got a few days from the time this is posted. Shoot me an email over at servingpinkmilk at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter and Instagram at servingpinkmilk. Let me know your thoughts of where you think this show is 
heading. I want to hear what you have to say. Until then, my friends, can't wait for you all to check out the H&H episode, episode 257, where we're going to gush and gush and gush about the Bad Batch. Oh my God, I'm so into it. Until then, though, my friends, I will see you all live next Wednesday at 9 p.m. East, right here for Let's Kiki. Let's drink up.